three, two, one. Welcome to The Peaceful Truth, the podcast where we talk about everything from feminism, feminist issues, and more. You are joined by Megan Hohart and Kenzie Meekbeck. And then we have a new guest. Can you introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Cody McCarthy, and I am Kenzie's best friend from high school, middle school. In life. In, in life. <laughs> but Cody is our first male guest. You feel... <gasps> You're our first male guest? I am. I'm honored. Oh my god! Do you feel any pressure? <laughs> There's like a, I feel all of the pressure of every man that's ever lived on my shoulders. So wow. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we have that many listeners. But thank you for getting. Especially that many male listeners. Like maybe Desmond. Maybe that's no, it. Well, and me I've every had week. Some, my guy, I've had my guy friends listen. They oh, perfect. Try. They try. They try really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's perfect. some episodes I'm just like I can't. I, I just have no, I don't relate. <laughs> I try and I love listening to like what's going on in y'all's lives, and then I'm just like, oh wait, I don't. What <laughs> makeup? <laughs> oh yeah, that episode. <laughs> that one's understandable. <laughs> um. So yeah. So Cody and I met in middle school, and we've or no high school, and we've been best friends since we were 15, and we're 26, so 11 years. 11 years. Yeah, that's a long friendship, guys. Yeah. What is it like being Kenzie's best friend? Oh, gosh. It's great. It's wonderful. <laughs> Kenzie's, like, so easy to be a best friend for because she's just, uh-huh. like, is so successful and wonderful. And every once in a while, I just be like, hey, you're doing great. <laughs> Thank you. Same with you. Cody is one of the nicest people you will ever meet. He's one of the most thoughtful people you will ever meet. He's one of the most smart people you'll ever meet. And he's just socially wonderful. I'm Perfect. not going to be able to walk out of this house now. My head's just too big. <laughs> it's too big. Speaking of heads, we shaved your head yesterday. Oh, yeah. wow. Perfect. Kenzie well, was super stressed, and she just went took a buzzer. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> no, I wanted to. <laughs> it looks good. Thanks. Yeah, so we shaved his head yesterday, but yesterday he came in and... And we'll see if I have to edit this part out because uh, she wants some privacy at first. But um, we I have a niece. Yay! Yay! So Cody came well, in baby. and we got a phone call and Chelsea was uh, going to have a C-section. And then... And the baby's here. And now Pepper's here. Now the baby's here. Nameless Pepper. Nameless right. Pepper. As of I today. Her, By I Thursday, her Bale she Pepper. might have a name. <laughs> She's a little bail. <laughs> By Thursday, she might have a name. Yeah. I oh, so. she can't leave the hospital without one. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, she'll just leave as like baby girl Roni. <laughs> and then we'll have to go change it. Right, which and is a whole other thing. So if they want to like keep some, some sort of sanity. But right. it's probably a big decision to name someone. Dude, it's a huge decision. Do you guys think that names like really have an influence on who you are? Do you guys feel That's super identified to Cody and Megan? Yes. That's a tough question, but I think that yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been forced on me for so long. I guess it's a part of my identity now. I don't know. Maybe. But Kenzie, Kenzie's not your first name. No, it's Jacqueline. But and you do not identify whatsoever with Jacqueline. No, I don't feel like Jacqueline. So I think that you would say that you identify greatly with names. Yeah. Kenzie is a big deal to me. Yeah. I like Kenzie. Do you think you would be a different person now if your name was like Heather? (laughs) I don't know. Heathers are always free spirits. Whenever I come across a Heather, they're free spirits. They have long hair and they liked horses when they were young. (laughs) Oh my God, that's true. I know a Heather that Is loves it horses. so true? <laughs> I saw this meme the other day that was like, 
Why is everybody with really long hair in elementary school, why do they always like horses? I think it's because <laughs> their hair is like a mane, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't cut my hair till kindergarten. And it was like, or first grade, and it was like down to my knees. What? Oh my gosh. And I didn't particularly, like, I love animals, but I didn't have you were like not- a huge ho- thing with horses. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't a jabroni. <laughs> You're literally the only Wait, one. Wait, could you be hand. a brony as a girl? Yeah. Aren't bronies like bros that are into My Little Pony? Yeah, but it's like now it's like a term for uh. sexually liking. Oh, I didn't know I had a sexual thing on it. Thing. Oh, well, I watched a reaction video on YouTube the other day. I know they're like sex toys. We can edit it out. <laughs> they're like sex toys themed after My Little Pony, which I think is kind of weird and like. But I mean, I don't want to put my own stereotype and judgment on it. But for me, it seems odd. <laughs> you would not be into <laughs> right. it. I would not buy a My Little Pony themed butt plug. But you know, that's just me. <laughs> We're leaving that. In. <laughs> Okay, so today we're just kind of, <laughs> forgive us, we were going to have a whole plan for Cody. I was going to plan out an interview, but, you know, some things came up. Right. A baby popped out. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't really have time. Um, so I think we're just going to just ha- talk today. But I think I wanted to, like, talk about, like, I, why do you identify as a feminist and why is that important for you to be a feminist? Yeah, so especially as a man, I think it's very important to understand as a white man, especially my privilege that I have in the world, um, and to sort of allow that space for women to come in. Um, I think the biggest thing I can do and the importance of me as a male feminist is to let women have their space, um, to let them have their space to lead, to be who they are, to feel, to love, to just like be empowered in that and be empowered in that in every aspect of their life, not just empowered in the law, but empowered in their career and their social life and everything. So, okay. Episode done. That was perfect. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Check please. (laughs) That was beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, Megan, do you, do you have anything you want to talk about? Like I was thinking like toxic masculinity is kind of what I wanted to talk about. Like, I think Cody showed me this TED Talk with this famous actor. Do you remember his name by chance? I don't, but he's on Jane the Virgin, right? He is, yeah. Yeah. And he had a very beautiful TED Talk about toxic masculinity, and it kind of stuck with me, and Cody uh, kind of inspired me to talk about it. So what do you think about, like, can you define toxic masculinity and how you feel as a man it comes up in your life? Yeah, so I think toxic masculinity is the idea that masculine is superior and that masculine is something to be strived after and the only thing to be strived after and that, um, conversely, that femininity is bad. I think that's really where the toxic part of masculinity comes in is the idea that it is better and it is more sought after and more prized than femininity. Um, And I completely disagree with that. I don't know about you guys, but... Well. <laughs> they're like equal and balanced and wonderful and as a man growing up it's like you need to do this you need to be this you need to be tough you need to be hard you can't show emotion you can't do that and that is deemed as masculine but I don't know the, the idea of oh, we're gonna get into this society and all that stuff why do they put these ideas on us like why is masculinity anything worse or better than femininity um, and the feminine is 
wonderful and great and loving and kind and nurturing and caring and why is that less I don't think it was to be any less. You need both the sun and the moon to right. operate. The yin and the yang. Oh, dang, guys. <laughs> Bringing in some yoga terms right, here. Right, getting deep in there. So um, how do you feel about growing up in the South? Do you think that that, like, impacts right. us? Yeah, definitely. As feminists? Yeah. Um, I've so also struggled a lot with the idea of chivalry. Mm-hmm. And can I be chivalrous and also empowering of women and like where's that line and i've struggled with that a lot it's like um because going up the south is like you open the door for women you have to walk up the stairs behind her you walk down the stairs in front of her in case she falls you stand up when she enters a room you walk on that outside of the sidewalk instead of the inside in case a car comes <laughs> just like what there's all these rules i didn't even know i'll those let you rules. guys take a car for me though <laughs> right i didn't even know that there these rules exist i didn't yeah. know the stairs one yeah, in case she like falls, you can catch her. Oh, if she falls backwards, yeah. Okay. Um, now I'm gonna like see if the Texas men in my life do that to me. I don't anymore. Because <laughs> you're a woman. <laughs> if you fall down the stairs, you're gonna fall down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna catch you. I'm gonna step out of the way so you don't take me down. Uh, I'll call nine one one and right. that's it. <laughs> Are you okay? Someone has to call nine one one, right? If we both fall down, who's gonna do it? That's hilarious. Um, yeah. And then last night you are gay. And so last night we were talking a little bit about the concept of like homophobia plus toxic masculinity. And I think he brought up a very deep point. Can you like explain that to Megan and our viewers of what? Yeah. So, um, I was listening to another podcast and it was talking about how, so what people who are homophobic, what do they hate? What are they hating in gay men? They're hating the things that make them feminine. They're hating, you know, the higher voice, the flamboyance of it. And I don't think it's hard to make a line, like a connection between they're also hating femininity in general. And how can they, if someone is homophobic, I also think he's a chauvinist as well. And he doesn't think that women should be equal and have those same rights. So... Be cautious of men that are homophobic. <laughs> Ladies. Moral of the story. Right. <laughs> right. I 100% agree. And I, I just, that kind of blew my mind. I was like, oh. I didn't think of it like that at all. Right. But that's actually very true. Yeah. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. So um, since we're getting into it, what was it like coming coming out? And Yeah. So I think about this a lot. So now I live in New York City and I'm surrounded by... A bunch of young gay men who haven't really had to struggle to come out. Um, I talked to some men that are like, I came out when I was 12 years old and it was no big deal. My parents like threw me a coming out party. And for me coming Aww. out, I like, I knew my parents loved me and I knew that they had an idea, but I was still so afraid. Um, I was very much involved in the Christian community. Um, mm-hmm. And I tried for years to just like, prayed away and go to church. I was going to church events probably five, six nights a week at A&M, just like going to breakaway and doing all that stuff. Um, and I remember hating myself and just like hating the idea that I was gay and I couldn't make it go away. Um, and after I graduated, I was like, you know, I can't do this anymore. I have to tell the people that I love that it's me. I have to identify with this. And I told them and they're like, okay. And I was like, are you guys not, that's it. There's <laughs> that's nothing it. else. And I remember my stepbrother turned to me and said, what, do you want us to like build you a closet to come out of? What do you want from this here? So they were so lovely and great. And I was Yay. just crying. I was like, you guys are wonderful. Um, 
You told me at a Chili's. <laughs> How old were you when you told Ken? Twenty-two. Yeah. It was right after. Yeah, right after college. Yeah. Because I was yeah, afraid that like we're gonna pull the support that I had from them, which was looking back was such a dumb me? idea. You no, knew no, 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 no. Like my family, like because they were helping me through college, and I didn't want them. I didn't want to put that in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the South, it's so common for people to be completely disowned by their families, mm-hmm. which is That's so heartbreaking. heartbreaking and terrible. I don't know why you could love your child and then they tell you one thing about them and you just disown them. But told them they were great and wonderful. They're like, yeah, we know. Duh. Um, <laughs> but you know awesome. what was hard for me? And after hearing you say that kind of makes me regret how I feel like I 100% maybe wasn't there for you. Like I knew when you went to that fraternity, that's exactly what was going on. Right. And I didn't know how else I knew you didn't want to talk about it, so I just let you go through it and right. was just like, okay. Right, and I think that's what I needed. I needed to be in the space that I felt okay with it enough myself, um, which was hard, and it's still something that I struggle with. It's like, am I okay with the fact that I'm gay? And I I am. I remember last year at Pride, because after I graduated college, I like had six months, and then I went to the Peace Corps in Nepal, and there we had to very much like put myself back into the closet um because they don't even have a word for homosexuality in nepali that must have been so hard yeah so i was just like but i mean i was like so isolated in every other aspect of my life that it was just okay whatever i'll put that one in there too um and then i came back and i remember last year i was at pride in la and i was like crying i was like this is the first time i ever felt proud Mm. to be a gay man oh my god it was so empowering to be like proud of who i am and like all of my identities coming together and be proud of all of them um so yeah i'm a proud man i'm a proud irish i'm a proud gay man i'm a proud feminist and all these things coming together it's just like wow you just feel you yeah so i have to ask this because i also grew up in a very christian household Mm -hmm. so how do you feel now about like do you still identify as a christian or kind of what are your next all right we're getting getting deep in here okay so first off i spent so much time it took me a very i couldn't the idea of uh okay i don't want to say this we can reconciling this. my sexuality and my religion i couldn't do it so i kind of had to pick one or the other right um and i chose my sexuality as a huge identifier for me because i was like i'm not gonna hate myself um and i was sort of on the outskirts of the church and be like okay i like the ideas of religion and like the idea of God and spirituality and all that stuff. And then I went to Nepal and I was there for two years and I was living with this family and I saw Christian missions come in and open up schools that were so much better than the local schools and parents just sent their kids there and they learned about Jesus and all these things. And I'm just like, why can't they just come in and build these schools and teach and empower the teachers that are already there to teach better, but not have that religious aspect. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting there looking at my host mom and thinking if a missionary were to come here and say that she is going to hell because she doesn't know Jesus, that would just like break my soul. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what really gets me about Christianity is the missions idea of it. Because in other cultures, especially in like Hinduism, it is so deeply enveloped in every aspect of your life. Like why you eat what you eat, why you 
farm the fields the way you do the time you do all this stuff like christianity i feel like in america especially is very much compartmentalized it's like you go to church on sunday or you have like your bible study and do these things but it doesn't affect our day-to-day lives Mm -hmm. and to see a community come in and destroy another community and think that it's better than that's what really pushed me away from the church so i don't identify as a christian anymore um i do identify as like more spiritual i believe in the connectedness and the power and the beings of everything and that something is like higher than us yeah so what religion are they in nepal so fun fact not very many buddhists um it's like 70 percent hindu okay and then about 15 percent buddhist and then five percent of muslim and christian very interesting yeah so it's very i didn't know that there was that big of a hindu population yeah because it's a lot of it's uh, most of it's indian and then um, so influenced by India and then the, the Tibetan came down from the north. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. And Buddha was born in Nepal. Oh, nice. It says it like on every bus yeah. in Nepal. It's like Buddha was born in Nepal. <laughs> Where it's, in Nepal? Um, it's like just on the border. What is it called? In relation to Kathmandu. Uh, five hours on a bus. Okay. Did so you go far. there? No, I didn't. Lumbini. That's what it's called. Lumbini. Um, my dad and I were going to go, he came and visited me, but we were just like so tired. We went on a six day long trek and we got back to the city or came to my village for a little bit, which is just like a lot. Um, and then we went back to the city and we're like, let's just like hang out here and don't get back on another bus. Cause the roads are not good at all. It's just like, like five hours on the craziness. side of the thing. And there's like metal seats and there's like a goat in the aisle and a woman <laughs> breastfeeding next to you. And they're like blasting Hindi music on a broken speaker and they're like burning incense in the front of the bus. And it's just like. Lit. It's a lot of stimuli at once, and you just like have your headphone in, listen to like Beyonce or something. And you're just like, <laughs> okay, this is great. So I'm going to India in November, mm-hmm. and um, I fly into Delhi, and then from Delhi, I take either I could take like a six hour taxi ride to my retreat, yeah, or I could do like a one hour small plane ride. And I'm just like, both sound absolutely terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't want to be on a small plane in India. Right. But then at the same time, I don't want to be six hours in a taxi in a country that I don't. Right. So, Delhi, you're going to be so overwhelmed with Delhi. (laughs) It's just like, it's a lot. Um, And, but they do have like nice, like tourist taxis. Okay. They're like American style cars. So, you might do that. It depends on the size of the plane too. So, would you you just envelop yourself and you just dive into or you'd like take a train is a train an option i think train is an option my sister took the train from delhi to agra and she said it was awesome so was she by herself she was with a group but you're with a group right well we're all coming from different cities so girl i would like cover your blonde hair they're very much like oh your hair really oh yeah okay so have like a hat on yeah okay interesting I'm just like totally. What am I in for? Right. I'm like mildly scared now. Whereas I mean, before, I was a good scared. experience. I'm scared. I'm scared. Once I'm there, I'm gonna be fine. Right. It's just getting there. That I'm like, oh, it's crap. a lot. Getting over to that side of the world, it takes forever. What is your? Are you flying? Which way are you going? Over Europe or over Asia? I'm going. My layover is in the United Arab Emirates. Okay. Mm. Okay. And then I go to Delhi and then I figure it out from there. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just. 
It's just going to be a culture shock. Yeah. It's going to be a freaking culture it, shock. Like, I went to Canada for, like, a trip, and that's the first time I left the country. Oh, little baby Kenzie. Little <laughs> baby Kenzie. And I know I should try to get out, but it's expensive. Right. I have to fund myself now. It's a lot of money. Um, But I remember not... I It was cool, but I didn't feel... It's kind of, it's like America. Yeah, I was like. It's, it's like, like a, a cleaner, nicer, right, America. cleaner America. It really is. And they're pretty quiet, too. Right. Just America better. <laughs> America plus. America 2.0. Right. <laughs> that is. But Canada. it's so fascinating. In Hindu culture, speaking of feminism, it's just like the I, the separation of men and women is insane. Mm. Be ready for that. So it's like America times a thousand. Oh, yeah. Like. Well, what do you mean by that? Okay, so in Hindu culture, it's like there's a lot of rituals around. It's like it's very insanely patriarchal society. Um, And like men and women don't really associate with each other outside of the household. Um, And so you see men like holding hands walking down the street and women holding hands walking down the street as like friends. But you will never see like men and women really hanging out together. Um, Can you talk to men? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can talk to them, especially as like a foreigner. It's different. But as like a local, I remember my host mother never went to school in her entire life she didn't even know her birthday she had never she can't even write her own name nothing oh my god um and so one thing we did is i like taught her how to write her name which is so dear but i was like and whenever like another man came over to the house she'd have to cover her hair and stuff like that and did she cover it for you no because i was like part of the family oh um and then i remember especially like around menstruation and stuff it's just awful um they so like just like regular hindu families they will for four days you're not allowed to (laughs) you can't cook you can't touch men you can't sit on anything that a man man sits on um you have to like you can't work in the field you can't do all the stuff you just have to like hang out and on the fourth day you have to shower and even if it's like the middle of winter in the mountains in the himalayan mountains you have to like bathe and then the more extreme people, um, it's been outlawed in the law, but it's still practiced called chapati. And it's like, you have to sleep in another place. And so they'll sleep in like a goat shed. Oh my God. Or they'll sleep in like special huts. And then they, the really big problem is like, they'll collapse on them in the middle of the, sl- in the night and they'll sleep or, um, they'll get bitten by snakes and die or men will come in and rape them. It's just like really, really, really bad. Um, and the ideas around menstruation and being dirty and this ritual that you have to practice holy crap that's insane which is great to learn yes and i think that's why we do this i was actually asked by a man like a day ago why do you even fight for women's rights Mm. and he didn't understand because our laws are relatively equal right not everything's perfect but he was like you're equal and it's like the subtle cultures right differences there are a lot of differences and maybe as part of his white privilege he didn't see it right but there are subtle differences and like this is an extreme difference but that's why we're fighting in general like this podcast isn't exclusively american right Mm -hmm. and we would have never known i never knew that that happened right it's really you can read like npr articles about it too um there's just one out i think like a month ago because it's been constitutionally banned for two years now three years and there's still girls dying in sheds. Yeah. And then I was talking to my host sister and she's like well-educated. She has a degree um, and she lives in Kathmandu and she'd come out to the village and she was on her period and couldn't go to the temple and like 
sacrifice with all of them. It was a big holiday and she couldn't do anything. And I was asking, I was like, why do you do this? And she was like, well, I just see it as like a vacation. And once a month I get to take a vacation. And I was like, I get that and it's great, but why can't you choose the days you want to have your vacation? Why is it based on when your body is doing something natural and great and wonderful, you know? I mean, uh, we witnessed the miracle of a child coming into the world yesterday. Right. And the woman's body, the way the chemicals change, the way things happen. Like, people shouldn't be afraid. Like, as a woman, like, men don't, like... We, you think we're equal, but there's a lot of subtle things we do to make you feel comfortable. Like right. to go and use the bathroom, I carry a little bag into the bathroom to hide the fact yes. that I'm carrying a tampon. Yes. Right. Or I secretly put it in my pocket and put my hand over it so you can't see a bulge that I'm going into the bathroom to change a tampon. Like, I'm sorry. But like, but everyone, half the population has a period. Right. Once a month. It's, mm-hmm. it's, reg- it's like a regular All thing. We know what's happening. You. We know what's going on. Everyone is aware of it. Why should I just not whip right. out a tampon and sh- walk so to the bathroom? so shamed? Right? Right. So going I back, might do it from now on. Just be like, bye guys. Yes, <laughs> it is my time of the month. I'm proud of it. So going back to your, your host sister. So in the larger city that she lives in, do they have to mm-hmm. do it in that city too? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So it's just like a countrywide thing. Countrywide thing. So like the practicing of the like menstrual shed where they have to like go and stay outside of the house is um, something that's sort of more in the far west and the rural, more rural areas. Um, it's not practiced in Kathmandu because there's like enforcement and stuff and people are generally more educated, but it's definitely a... She still like doesn't go to work and... Yeah. She, well, her job is like taking care of the house. She's a house or a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. Um, even though she went she, and studied? Yeah. She got like, I think she even got like almost a master's degree. Um, but yeah, she just takes four days a month and can't really do anything. Just sits around. Has to sit on her little stool, her special stool. She can't sit on anything else. Oh my God. You know, it's so bad. In school, I remember learning that like back in history and in Greek and in Roman times, sorry, if you're watching on YouTube, Binks is walking across the camera. Um, but back in like Greek and Roman times, um, women would like take a spa day together and they would all go to this, like it would be women's other women's jobs to treat other women while they're on their period and like give them massages and like go right. in a bath. But I, was it also, I know they had like the red tent as well where they had to like go and all live in a, red hut together pretty much while they're which is awful like you shouldn't have to go on a spa day either to right it's like if it's wednesday i want to take a spa day it doesn't matter if <laughs> but what i was thinking about the other idea the other day is like if men had like some sort of shedding thing where right they're let's this is graphic where they're like penis bled right you know we would have a, like a, they would have like a week off <laughs> oh yeah it'd be paid vacation <laughs> Right? You get some PVDs in there. <laughs> right? So I also heard about this interesting, I don't know if it was on Instagram or what, but it was like this woman that was like, hey, women, next time that you're walking down the sidewalk, going to work, and you come across a man coming the opposite direction, don't move for him and see how many times you run into each other versus the man stepping to the other side and letting the woman come through. And it was just like an interesting concept of like, do I step out of the way if a man's coming the other direction to move out of the way for him? I don't even know if I do that. Like, I feel like maybe I do. Maybe. 
I dodge everyone equally. <laughs> I'm just like, get the heck out of my way. Move, please. He's like, come and throw. Right. <laughs> and I like turn. I like, I, yeah. <laughs> I just, I just never even but thought of that. Yeah. Like, do. Do you like, guys feel like you do that? I don't know. I really want to pay attention now. I have like, no do idea. I step out I, of the way? I think it's my natural personality for everyone to, for me to apologize. Like if I get near someone or for me, right. I kind of end um I would say I'm an alpha a lot in my ways in my life, but I think sometimes I take that passive role. But has it been socialized into you or is that how it you naturally is. are? It probably is. That's the real question. Mm-hmm. Here. I mean, it probably is. Yeah. I also think I'm relatively polite, but. Right. Is that, and that's also a very Southern thing too, is like politeness is seen as like paramount. Do you see in New York people not being polite? Like, oh, do you notice like a significant difference? Yeah. Like. One thing I noticed the other day, especially in movie theaters, it's so annoying. So in Texas, everyone is quiet. Mm -hmm. No one says anything. It's very much like, I'm in my seat. I'm doing this. We're watching the movie. In New York, people are like having loud conversations. In the middle of the movie? In the middle of the movie. I'm just like, (laughs) it's so frustrating. Because it's like everyone has, so there's so many people around you. You sort of just have to ignore everyone at the same time and just sort of live your life. And you don't really, you can't, if you cared about Every time you hit someone or bumped into someone or everything, and you'd be, sorry, apologizing. you'd be apologizing all day, every day. Um, so you sort of just like get in the zone of like, I'm just going to do what I want. And everyone is in that zone at the same time. So you just have people like, it's very weird. It's odd. So are the sidewalks and streets like significantly different than like the sidewalks and streets, even in a big city like Seattle or a larger city like right. Seattle? I would say so. Cause I think New York is very much a, walking city mm-hmm. um the public transit set up so well you can just sort of hop on hop off walk wherever you need to go um seattle i think it's struggling to do meet the population's needs mm-hmm. um like the bus system here is great but we need some trains um <laughs> so there's not any people walking around like in downtown you see people walking around but i don't think you see it in new york city like in all of the boroughs people are always walking um i mean we do have a light rail that's very close to here but it doesn't make a lot of convenient stops right mm-hmm. and the stops are so long yeah they're very long it's like mm-hmm. five minutes you're at a stop i'm like come on <laughs> let's go <laughs> but well thank you for being on this episode and yeah. for shedding some light into Nepal into what right. it's like to be a gay man from Texas and all of that good stuff. Kins, do you have any other questions? No, I just love you so much. And thanks for shedding your light and yeah. thanks for giving it like a, them like part of your wonderfulness and sharing how wonderful you are. I'm so, it's such a deep respect and love for Cody. Aww. So I love you too. So thank you for coming on. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Um, we like to wrap up our episodes with one good thing we're looking forward to. I know what I'm looking forward to. What are you looking forward to? Um, on next weekend, Cheryl Crow <sighs> at Chateau St. Michelle. We're Hell just yeah, going to drink a shit ton of wine and listen to Cheryl Crow. And so it's going to be so fun. Great. Cody? Oh, gosh. I feel like this is my thing that I'm looking forward to. Hanging out <laughs> with Kenzie. Too. I'm on a week of vacation, so I'm going to hang out with so Kenzie done. here and just, like, have best friend time. And then I'm going to go out to Chelan later this week and, like, hang out on the lake with my friend Melissa from Peace Corps and just, like, get some hiking in and other best friend time. And I've used you as my good thing, actually, for several times. Yes. Yes, she has. Um, so <laughs> I am going to say my good thing is my little squish right now, my little niece. <laughs> 
little meezy knees. Yeah. So cute. She's so cold. Okay. Well, thanks guys for listening. We love you. Bye. Bye.